Yeah, no, no. The Twitter following is um, is going nuts. I don't know how we're going to stay on top of um, of the fandom. I know we're up to what at least there's double figures the followers now. So that's. I think we might have to employ someone. I know how Beyonce feels now. <laughs> totally, we are the podcasting version of Beyonce. What would the what would the uh, the two tired dads version of the Bayhive be? Um, something like the I don't know the Dad Pub. The Dad Pub. That's a good one, actually. The dad pub. The dad. The dad bar. The dad bar. The dad pub. Yeah, yeah. And we're just pouring. We're just pouring the good stuff for the patrons of the dad bar. Content straight into their ears. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty hard stuff. Not all of them can take it. No. In fact, yeah. Virtually no one. <laughs> judging by our listenership. <laughs> hey, look. I don't know, our listeners are, are going through the roof, which we will discuss in the uh, in the pod. Should we get started? Yeah, we might as well get started, eh? Welcome to this podcast. Welcome back to Two Tired Dads. This is Andy, and on the line we have Kevin. Kevin, how are you? Good evening, Andrew. I'm well, how are you? I'm very, very well. I'm uh, broadcasting um, from my children's fort at the moment, which is, um, they've sort of created in quite a weird way. There's a, there are a lot of cushions and blankets, but also cricket bats, which I don't know uh, are adding too much structurally to the um, to the fort, but um, but certainly kind of give it an air, uh, sort of a Mad Max-like feel. Let's be honest, is this a fort or are you in a doghouse? Is this, this the doghouse? <laughs> What did you do? What did you do today? Well, we're not going to go into that. Anyway, welcome to the third episode of Two Tired Dads. It's a miracle that we've got this far, Kevin, Um, Mm -hmm. uh, for various reasons, not only um, because we're very, very lazy people and, um, and, you know, we sort of Exhausted people, Andrew. It's exhausted. It's justified. Idleness is justified. But it's actually, it's a miracle in another respect. Um, We've had some technical difficulties um, today. I think the technical difficulty was largely because Kevin was in charge of the producing of the podcast. (laughs) And um, this is, in in fact, about the 14th version of this episode that we've recorded. Is that that overstating the case, Kevin? Um, No, that's probably fair. I think when I did my Bachelor of Arts degree, I was expecting a little bit more (laughs) on the technology education side of things which didn't happen and that didn't help particularly no. but here we are episode three in english literature not 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 having a lot of uh, a major podcasting component to it not a lot in the verse of t.s Eliot to give you a clue as to how to fix out um you know a weak wi-fi signal or some kind of you know, HTTP yeah. protocol that's not doing what it should. Just one of many flaws um, in the wasteland, uh, which I think we can um, we can go into later. Uh, so yes, we we have had some technical difficulties, but um, but we're back and um, probably not better than ever. But um, but we'll give it another crack. Um, thank you for coming back to us, all um, the fans. Um, I think Kev, the 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 growth in our fan base has has been pretty astounding. It has been. It's uh, actually has taken me by surprise. I think our Twitter following has gone from zero to thirteen in the space yep. of barely overnight hours, overnight. And yes, sure, twelve of those are spam bots. But hey, who's who's yep. counting really? Not to mention we're on every other. You've signed us up to social media channels I didn't even know exist. You're so down with the kids. I've gone a bit overboard. I, I think it's. I don't know what the phrase is. It's something like there's no convert. Like a what is it? No, no. 
Well, anyway, the, basically, if you if you if you've gone from having <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Was that supposed to be a? Was, there ain't no party like an ethnic well, party. Possibly. Is that what the is that what you? Were I guess for? the general message I was trying to convey was that what happens when you go from no social media training or knowledge to to signing up is that you sort of go a little bit nuts, and um, and we now have social media accounts in. Um, all forms of uh, social media dim um, in all regions. Uh, possibly I'm being a little ambitious, but I'm planning for the future, Kevin. Good. Yeah, well, that's important to future-proof for our future success, obviously. Yeah, yeah, and to reach out to our fans wherever they may be. Basically, there is to our fans, there is no chance of hiding from us. Um, we will stalk you on all major platforms. Um, to that end, um, I would like to sort of do a little quick plug um, for these social media accounts considering I went to the to the effort of bloody well signing <laughs> the up, for them. Of setting them up. <laughs> yeah don't don't let all that effort be in vain no I'm not going to I'm not going to so our website uh, www.twotireddads.com that's two the word not the le- uh, not the numbers facebook you can find us at two tired dads again two t w o uh, twitter we're at tired underscore dads um and we're also on instagram i I don't entirely know what our that was controversial yeah and and to put an instagram for an audio based um service is possibly a little counterintuitive but i i think the fans want to see us kevin i think that look to be fair we both take a pretty hot selfie we do we do you know and if you get the right angle and you sort of you you pull your undies up like quite high (laughs) at least that's what i've seen it looks quite good what social media have you been following that's that is instagram isn't it what's the one where you swipe left and right that's instagram yeah uh so anyway so you can find us on all those uh, social media channels um if you're enjoying the episodes i don't know why you would be but if you are please uh rate and review us on um wherever you get your your podcasts um just remember our podcast is called Two Tired Dads. Um, I don't know if I told you this, Kev, but when my wife looked for our podcast soon after we uploaded our first episode, it hadn't quite refreshed, and all she could find was a podcast called uh, Two Tired Twats, which <laughs> is probably a, a fair enough description. I can see where the mistake was made. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure she um, could too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, I think she, she genuinely thought that was us. Um but, I mean, as, as a shout-out to the Two Tired Twats team, um, if you would like to do a, a crossover pod at some point, um, we, we'd be, we'd be happy, to, happy to discuss it. I think it's important to uh, flag as well, just before we kick off into the formalities, that when we looked at our listenership for the last two episodes, we've gone global, Andrew. It's fair to say we've gone we global. We have gone global. We're in three continents, yeah. including quite a decent following in the, the Florida panhandle. Which was I got to be honest, it was a surprise. No, I I didn't realize that we were we would crack the American market this early in our podcasting career. Mm. I mean, it took the Beatles several years, for example, before they mm. they managed to make it big over there. Well, some people just recognize talent, I suppose. You know. Yep, yep, that could be it. Or that, or they might they might have been searching for for something for two tired twats and, and came across us. Um, I all I can all I can hope is that we're we're meeting that need you know, in a, in a slightly different, unlooked-for way. Well, that would be nice, because Lord knows I'm reminded daily that I'm not meeting any needs. So, um, <laughs> yeah. that, would, Actually, that would be, be self-affirming. That would be, what's the word? Self-affirming. Yeah. Quick question, Kevin. Mm. Is is your wife actually listening to the podcast, do you think? Uh, no. Yours? No, no, no. I, I think my wife... Um, 
she hasn't she doesn't exactly refuse to but she she comes up with some increasingly kind of bizarre excuses to get out of doing it and i i to be honest, I can't entirely blame her. I think her view is that she has to listen to, to me and indeed to you enough in her daily life. The last mm. thing she wants when she's going for a quiet walk by herself is to then, you know, continue listening to me, you know, twittering on her in, in, in her ear. So, um, mm. uh, but yeah, I mean, if we can get our wives, that's another two followers and um, we can pretty much retire at that point, I think. I think so. I, th- well, I think it's, that our mistake was telling them that before they started listening. So they're never going to follow now. Yeah. Because they know that as soon as we do, boom, we 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 pull the pin and we hit the couch. <laughs> so that was our, that was it. It was a rookie error. We're new to this. That was a, it. Was a naive mistake, and we'll learn from it and we'll grow. Put that one down to experience. Yeah, yeah. we never we never lose. We only learn. <laughs> That's a good line. Actually, is that your own material, Kevin, or did you have you read that somewhere? Yeah, let's just let's just go with it. That's yeah. good. Okay. Um, well, moving moving right along before we get too much further up our own asses. Dad's dreams. Dad's dreams. Dad's dreams. Dad's dreams. So this evening, Kev, I am drinking the Glenlivet Nadura Oloroso. A little bit, little bit fancy for you. Yeah. Well, it's actually a slightly confusing name um, because Nadura, I believe, is Gaelic for natural, and Oloroso sounds well. It doesn't sound particularly Gaelic. I don't know whether it's Spanish or Portuguese or. Isn't oh. Rosso like uh, that's red, isn't it? In is yeah. Italian, uh, yeah, it, one of the well, yeah could be Portuguese. I don't know, but anyway, it it's, um, yeah, it's uh, it's one of these whiskies that um, has been aged in sherry casks, and it is fucking delicious, actually, Kev. It's good, yeah. It's really good. It's really good. It's um it's very smooth. Um, so you know, as you'd kind of expect from Glen Levitt, you don't get the sort of the peatiness mm. of the ones from, you know, Isla or whatever. You haven't put coconut again like you did last time. <laughs> no. No, <laughs> my, so I'm so I'm 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 staying at my uh my parents in law house at the moment, um uh for long, complicated reasons. Um and my father in law it's actually my father in law's whiskey I should fess up um from the start. But uh last time I put Coke in um one of his, you know, single malts, he almost <laughs> disowned me. He almost forced me to divorce my wife. Um and uh I was gonna make a joke there, but I, she may actually listen to The irony um, was she put the Coke in there on purpose. She it was a bit of a double bluff on her part mm. um but no it's uh, yeah so the Glenlivet Nadura Oloroso is um it's delicious it's very smooth but it's quite sweet um and and when you um when you kind of smell it it almost it almost smells slightly brandyish um you know it's almost a little bit fruity uh so it uh, yeah it is I'm thoroughly thoroughly enjoying it it's just got that beautiful rich golden color as well it doesn't look too red in the in terms of the color but um it's it's stunning Good. highly recommend highly yeah. recommend what are, what, what are you uh, on what's the, the proof what, what's the abv oh, the on that one? uh what is it 40 48 percent mm. so it's kind of it's probably it's it's a little bit higher than than your your normal what are they normally? It was about 43%, 44 something like that. Maybe something like that. Um, the Glenlivet's a good drop, though, is it? It's hard to go wrong with the Glenlivet, oh, really. so good. What, what are you on this evening, anyway, Kev? I've made a fatal mistake. I've made a terrible error this evening in my choice. Oh, God. Could be a short podcast. Yeah, it could be. So I've, I've got a little dram of the Ardbeg Cory Vrecken, 57%. Sure. And uh, the tasting notes, if you're going to mastersofmalt.com, include the words 
uh, medicinal, um, sticking plasters oh in the nose, and in the finish, tarmac, you, uh, and more sticking plasters. Are you, are yeah. you joking? <laughs> I was. The thing about this whiskey, right? Every review, it's got. It's it, people go. This is astonishing. It won some liquid gold whiskey award of the year a couple of years back. It's it's it tastes like chili, like it's very peppery, and you can only drink a tiny amount of it. Yeah. But it's like that girl who's bad for you. But every time you keep going back because you think every time it's going to be different, you know, and then you immediately regret it the moment it touches your lips. <laughs> So anyway, this is what I've got in front of me. So if you hear me choking... Kev, was that, the, was that the stuff that we drank at your 40th birthday? The one that made you, you rich, like a teenager. <laughs> so it was, it was quite a long afternoon that, that went late into the evening, and I'd had quite a few drinks by that stage. Normally I don't touch the stuff, but it was, it was a special occasion, you understand. Uh, and somebody brought this whiskey out at about 10 o'clock at night, and I took one sip of it. And it was it was like my body kind of physically reacted against it. Mm. I just couldn't. I just couldn't. And it wasn't because it was disgusting. It was just like, I think that much alcohol. It, it, was, like a, it, was, it was sort of a self-preservation instinct, I think, kicked in. It is pretty, it's very potent. I've never drunk anything quite like it because it's peppery. It's hell of strong. It's medicinal. Um, it's... I mean, it's it's weirdly nice, I guess, maybe in the same way that some people enjoy getting whipped for pleasure is nice. <laughs> apparently, apparently. Apparently, yeah. so I've heard. So, so, so we hear, yeah. But I can literally have a couple of sips and then it kind of just goes right through you. It does level you out. So, you know, we'll see how the rest of this podcast, but I don't think it was the right choice for tonight, personally. It's, uh, yeah. even though I enjoy, enjoy it now, but I did have to water it down. Um, yeah. a little and actually when i watched a youtube review on whiskey.com the guy had to water it down and uh he keeps breathing it in and you can just see him he's like he's sniffing petrol he's just going oh my <laughs> god i got into this to review whiskey and i'm yeah anyway the headlines What have you been up to this week, mate, with the uh, another week in, in lockdown as we prepare to emerge, blinking into the sunlight yeah, tomorrow? Yeah, so um, for those of you um, who aren't based in New Zealand, um, for our Floridian listeners, um, New Zealand has been in pretty much total lockdown for, it's coming up five weeks now, isn't it? Nearly five weeks. Is it four, four and a bit weeks? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so basically we've just been... Um, confined to our own houses you're allowed to pop out very briefly to the supermarket and other than that you know a quick walk um and that's about it apart from our health minister bless his soul the health minister no less who decided that he would go for an almighty mountain bike ride um in his own branded uh vehicle which um i mean all full credit to him for for advertising that he's out and about in the community except Mm. that he wasn't supposed to be and when you're in a branded vehicle it makes it very easy for people to work out who it is so he got dragged over the coals the rest of us of course have been abiding by the rules um meticulously and uh and tonight at midnight in, in just a few hours we emerge from this um, this purgatory um, to what's been known as level three, which is basically pretty much the same, except that we're allowed to get takeaway coffees again. Is I that think. what you're looking forward to the most when this all yeah, eases up? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think take so. So we've got a um, we've got a cafe just around the corner from um, from where we're staying at the moment, and I think we're going to be queuing. In fact, actually, about midnight, we're going to go down there and sort of camp out on the pavement outside, um, and just and I'm going to order about <laughs> seven flat whites um, and and just 
scalp them in quick succession. Um, the flat white's a coffee for those uh, for our international listeners. Yeah, I'm not being racist. Um, that is actually a coffee. Um, what, what are you What are you looking forward to most, Kev, when we come out of? I, it's very. It's the simple things. It's funny, isn't it? Really, it's the simple things. It's going to be just a greasy takeaway, or like a McDonald's or something. Anything that doesn't involve having to cook at home. Yeah, I know the kids are looking forward to that. Absolutely. Yeah. God, I actually feel quite sorry for them at this point. Hey, eh? they're just dying. They're just dying to go play with their friends. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can see it. Like we actually, we took them out today. It's got to the point where you literally have to just walk them like dogs every day, or else <laughs> they start to go a little bit, a little bit mental. Like we take the boy out, the three and a half year old, yeah. and the minute he gets, he's just off. You know, he's just spooning <laughs> down the chasing road, birds, like a little chasing cars, yeah, like a little terrier. That's right. Do you throw sticks from jumping up on people? What's that? Do you throw sticks from? No, we have treats though. Oh, you throw treats. We have, we we do, we take treats. Yeah, because yeah, we find that helps. Although, what was quite cool was today, um, you know, like the eldest, our daughter, she had a, uh, she had a WhatsApp video conversation with your daughter, which was nice. I think they, I think they needed yeah. that. Yeah. Do you actually think they speak to each other on those conversations, or do they sort of just kind of wander around the house, talking to them to themselves? Yeah, it's, a good it's sort of a little hard to know what kind of what sort of conversation is actually held. Um, Certainly, certainly, our son. Whenever he has one of those little WhatsApp conversations with his mates, he sort of just kind of rambles to himself, and and you sort of walk. He's walking around the house, you know, holding the phone, and it, it must be pretty motion sickness inducing for the for the poor kid on the other end of the of the line. But um, it is quite funny seeing them adopt these little, what almost seem kind of teenagey little traits when they're when they're younger, right? So like our our girls, what yours uh, yours is six and mine's five and a half. Um, give or take, right? And just seeing them, yeah, she, she kind of, she, she's using my phone, sits on her bed, shoes me out the room, you know, wants privacy <laughs> yeah. while she's having this chat with her with her buddy, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, then, you know, a minute later comes out because she's pressing buttons and something's happened and <laughs> doesn't know what's going on on the phone. Yeah. And it's, it's very cute. Though. It's very sweet. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it really gives you an insight into what what's in store for us in about 10 years' time. Actually, the, just the other day, um, uh, I actually feel quite sorry for our son, who, who's eight, and, and as you said, our daughter's six, because she bosses him around mercilessly and 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 our, our boy is he's he's such a sweet kid but he, he can kind of take a little while to get to the point when he's telling you a story he'll sort of ramble on a little bit while he's trying to work out what he wants to say <laughs> like, I, can't, I can't think where he's in here no i don't know it must be a no, idea. Yeah. no idea um but um, but last week he was trying to tell busy a story and it was taking a little while to get to the punchline and she turned away and looked at me and juliet and said Jesus Christ, <laughs> which which I thought was funny, but possibly a little harsh. <laughs> and uh, it's very funny. It was yeah, and it was just the and it really made me think that she's six going on sixteen, and and I can laugh oh, now, yeah. but but pretty soon it's going to be me that's on the receiving end of that. Um, and I'm not looking forward to it because I'm probably not going to have much of a comeback. <laughs> I know they get they get way too smart, way too. They early. get way too smart, they, like, yeah, yeah. Particularly, I think the girls do. Like ours, ours are, they seem sharp. Yeah, you know, yeah. nothing gets past them. No, yeah. no, they they, yeah. they really are. Yeah, buns and ties. I tell you what, I have been doing this week, Kev, um, and that's trying to get back into a bit of exercise. Oh, good man. 
Yeah, well, it, but it's so hard. It is so hard. I mean, it, you know, as we've discussed in previous episodes, you know, like at the moment with the lockdown, you, you're either doing your own work or you're, you're doing childcare or whatever. Um, so there's not a lot of time to exercise. So that's kind of difficult trying to slot it in. So what, what um, kind of exercise are we talking? Hey, well, firstly, you know, good on you. Um, and secondly, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what kind of exercise are we talking about? Oh, just just running. Um, but oh, well, I mean, actually, running running is probably a bit of a misnomer. It's more it's more staggering around the park a few times before I collapse <laughs> in a sweaty mess of pain. So the I'm I'm using an app, um, Couch to 10K, which which purports to be able to get me running. <laughs> What's it called? 10... Couch Couch to 10K. Couch Couch to 10K, okay. um, and. And so theoretically, you can actually be a couch and buy, oh, I don't know, I think it's... You what? Theory, you can be a couch? You can be a couch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can actually be a couch. Not just a, a couch potato, but you can be a, an inanimate object. Um, and by the end of three months, you'll be up and sprinting 10K like Mo Farah or whoever. Um and uh, and I confess that I wasn't I wasn't exactly starting from the couch standard. Like I was probably I, I had a little bit of fitness, mm. not very much. Um, and the idea is that it, you know for the first week or so you'll you know you'll walk for five minutes, run for thirty seconds, walk for five minutes, run for thirty seconds, and you're, you're basically done. And every day or every couple of days, it'll sort of increase the amount of running time and decrease the amount of walking time. Um, so you're you're walking five minutes and running for thirty seconds intermittently. Well, that's not yeah. That's just. You could you could do that by just tripping over regularly on. Well, walk. That's basically what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, well, you, look, you've you set yourself a very low bar, I guess, which is probably and quite smart. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing the long game here. No, so as I say, I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't strictly need to start from that that base base level. Um, but it, it's you know, it was pretty easy to start with. But it's starting to get a little bit harder. I'm I'm now kind of. Oh, running. I think the last one I did, I ran 20 minutes and then walked for three minutes and then ran for another 20 minutes. And seriously, by the end of it, I was just a wreck of my former self. And, and it's partly not only the fitness, although that's that's hard work, but it's just my knees and my back and every, my ankles. Running sucks, man. Running Running's just like jogging yeah. running. It's just pain. You know, you see these guys, eh, and they, they cruise along and you think it's just, they make it look effortless i used to do a lot of track and field that's right right but you know and and still sprinting that's about all i can bring myself to do on from a running point of view eh? the jogging thing it is just the kicker though too is when you exercise when you're older you still in your head you're still that you know that limber buff 20 year old and then the minute you try and replicate that eh? boom there goes a calf six weeks on crutches something like that yeah, <laughs> that's oh, the problem. I mean, it's it's exactly the same thing. And and you know, before this lockdown, I was sort of going trying to do this this run, you know, at lunch times during uh, from work. And and literally every time I went out for a run, I was pulling my calf muscle. So so rather than sort of you know walking five minutes, running thirty seconds, walking five minutes, I was running thirty seconds in crutches for two months running 30 seconds you know it was, it was this ridiculous situation so I'm, I'm i'm glad that i've kind of managed to to get through that but you're you're totally right you sort of you, you i want to do this exercise because i vaguely know i should i'm not terribly enthusiastic about it but it's so depressing i was going to ask you what's has something prompted this in in theory i like the idea of being fit but the actual process of getting fit is um is hard work and actually so it's it's 
it's partly, uh, well, it's, it's, for me, it's almost, you know, half mental, half physical. My body's not quite up to it. And mentally, um, I kind of find myself getting trapped in this thought, like, what's the point of this, you know? Mm. Like, how, how it, when, I, when I used to do a lot of rowing when I was younger, you know, you'd sort of have a, um, a big kind of, you'd have a season and you'd have regattas that you were training for. And at the end of the season was the kind of the pinnacle and that was kind of what you were training for. Now there's, there's nothing, you're not really training for anything apart from to stay alive for a few extra years <laughs> right at the end. Isn't that, you know, it's not a terribly <laughs> fulfilling kind of goal to aim for. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a bit of a pessimist by nature, but yeah. So I might have taken that a bit too far. Not, although, you know, I, I, and part of me completely agrees with you. Yeah. yeah. Do you, I mean, what, what sort of exercise do you do as a dad? And how oh, do you find it? Well, so I've, I think it's that thing, like I've always exercised. So now if I don't exercise, I feel kind of yuck, right? Um, and I, so yeah. I do it mainly, yeah. I think, for my mental health because it's that one period of time in the day where you can just go blow the cobwebs out. So even during this lockdown, I've tried to make time most days, not every day, most days to try and do something. Although the kids often want to join me now, which is quite cool. Um, sometimes, um, yeah. no, actually it's quite cool. Most of the time, I think it's quite good for them to see that anyway. Um, so I've tended to yeah, the old man's still got a bit of, still, oh, bit look of at life. Dad, look at daddy go jump daddy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, not not too <laughs> fast, you young bucks. Steady on, steady on, kids. <laughs> no, well, see, the thing is, I look at my dad, right? So he's in his late sixties now, but he's actually still physically, fortunately, he's very active and in really good nick. Yeah. So he'll come around and with the the kids, and he'll jump on the trampoline with them and all that. And so I think the main reason I do this is that yeah. I want to be. Um, I want to be, because we are older dads, I suppose, in a sense, in terms of having kids in our, what, mid to late 30s, which is about yeah. a decade later than our parents did. Yeah. And so I want to make sure that yeah, yeah. my kids are older and in their teenage years, I can still run around with them and be fit and do all that kind of stuff and play with them. And then, you know, in time, if they have grandkids, the same. So I guess there is an element of, you know, yeah. what you said about tacking on a few years at the end. There is an element of truth to that, right? I want to be in, in decent shape. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then also, you know, of course, we've got the podcast calendar shoot coming up. So, um, kind of want to be in to be Mister February. Want to be in shape for that? Well, there's only two of us, so. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, well, I guess we could, I could we could have six months each. That's a, a treat, treat for, for the fans. fans. Yep, that's quite yeah. Fun. Something to look forward to. A bit of merch Boom. coming your way. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's your there's your Christmas presents and your Valentine's Day presents all sorted out in one go. How to put a dampener on your marriage? Have the two tired dads calendar above your bed. There you go. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, so no, I tend to do stuff that I've always done with you know from back in the day of doing track, which is you know weights mm. and and sprinting mm. and and now sort of a, that Metcon kind of combination thing, which I enjoy. Yeah. But the favorite thing to do is actually just go for a surf, but it's harder to get out and do that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, you're not, you're you know. not allowed to at the moment, technically, but um, uh, actually one, one thing that, um, that I do quite enjoy doing with kids going back to your earlier point about, you know, sort of getting out and about and, and doing stuff with them. Um, quite enjoy going for a for a bike ride with them. Um, our, our youngest, um, our girl, is, is possibly a little too young to, to go for really, really long rides. But our our boy is um, – I've taken him on, on a couple of 
you know, sort of seven or eight k rides just nice. you know along river banks and so on. And it's it's actually a really really lovely thing to do. And it's kind of the sort of thing you can do as a family as well. And you know, and skiing is something else that we've we've done with them before. And they're now kind of at mm. that level where they they're a bit more independent. You don't have to kind of cater to them every single moment. Um, you're there that they're a little bit more self-sufficient but um it's funny actually, well not really that funny um we we got our boy uh, his first geared bike for his birthday um a month or two ago and um we took him for a ride yesterday and uh i, I confess i might have overstated the um the the harm that he or the damage he can do to the bike um he was he was playing around with gears. He still doesn't fully know what gears do. So he's kind of trying to change about eight gears in one go while going uphill, standing on the pedals. Right. And I, I said to him, and he was saying, why is it making that funny kind of clunking sound? I said, well, it's because you're putting quite a lot of pressure on this bike, which we've just, you know, forked out several hundred dollars for. Oh, good. No, that um, sounds, like, that sounds maybe... really good, like a motivational <laughs> I didn't actually. That was what was going through my head. That wasn't. Uh, that was going through my head at the time, Kevin. But I might have let a little bit of that kind of frustration. <laughs> I was doing that thing where you're trying to be a really supportive dad, but you're actually getting intensely frustrated. And you're saying, um, "Yeah, so what you need to do? Yeah, no, listen, listen, listen to me. Listen to me. Just ch- change one gear at a time. And, and no, no, what you no, see, what you did there was, you know." Um, and by the end of it, he was a nervous wreck. He was convinced that he'd destroyed his bike, that I would never speak to him again. And, um, yeah, that little fun family outing that we uh, we were always hoping to do on our bikes together is, is probably a distant memory. Um, so a successful trip then, is that what you're saying? successful trip, yeah. yeah we, we, we often end our family outings not speaking to each other. <laughs> yeah, you're not, did, you're not alone. <laughs> no, but I did. I did feel terrible at, at the end. Actually, I was sort of. I, I'm just not a very good. I guess I'm not a very good coach. Actually, I. I, I kind of um, want to give you know helpful tips and advice, but um, I sort do, of. Do you enjoy I, the process of like teaching the kids stuff? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I don't really. Uh, no, I, it's it's kind of it's quite satisfying every now and then when they want to learn. Um, but sometimes I think the kind of the problem lies when you you want to be that kind of helpful coaching dad, you know, backyard crickets, you know, teaching your your son to, you know, to to do a glorious cover drive. Um, which for our Floridian listeners is is kind of like baseball, a big you know left field bomb or whatever it is um so you want to be that kind of helpful coach but they don't necessarily want to be coached you know they you know our son just wants to smash the ball as hard as he can in whatever direction he can um Mm. so that kind of mismatch can be a little bit difficult you know what you want this what you what you want the experience to be and what they actually want to be doing um Mm. doesn't always line up when it does, yeah. it's great. It's 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 really satisfying. Um, I mean, you yeah, it's that hard thing, eh? That you often want them to take it almost as seriously as you do, but obviously yeah, they yeah. don't. You know, yeah, that's right. Because I quite enjoy the process of teaching the kids new stuff, um, even even if it's fleeting. Although I've mm. got to be honest, there is that thing that happens in the back of your mind that goes, maybe you're going to just naturally be really like a prodigy at this. <laughs> And I'm never yeah. going to have to work again. Do you ever does that? Does that thought ever just go through your head that I'm going to put you on a bike and you're just going to be like you know Brandon Seminook off the bat? You know, yeah, 
Yeah, no, it doesn't just go through my head. I force them. (laughs) (laughs) We've tried golf. We've tried tennis. We've tried high stakes poker. We've tried finance. (laughs) They're just not going for any of those things, the little bastards. Um, I think um, if they sort of just do a range of activities and and sort of try a few things out and, and, you know, and and see what happens is, is probably the best you can you can do and um and actually we're, we're very lucky our boy is he who's willing to give anything a go you know he'll say oh yeah 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 that'll that'll be fun um he won't necessarily kind of stick with it but um it's it's a really good attitude to have he keeps like, an open mind and gives it a go yeah that's cool. yeah exactly yeah. exactly and um do you, you find of, it strange when you realize that your kids aren't necessarily into the things that you're into yeah it is a little bit yeah, I mean, well, I, it, I guess intellectually you know that, yeah, I mean, they're, they're their own people and all the rest of it. But you kind of think that, well, you know, I enjoyed it and, and I'm kind of exposing them to cricket or um, to, uh, you know, whatever else, mountain biking or something like that. 18th um, century romantic poetry. 18th century romantic poetry. In the wasteland. Um, and for some reason they're not quite it's not quite clicking um but that but i guess the thing is it's that it's a sonnet god damn it it's a sonnet <laughs> it's not a villain now a b b a hard could it be um but you but i i think what i've realized is that they can kind of come back to things like we you know our, our son we we signed him up for piano lessons a year ago or six months ago and he just had no interest you know he wasn't wasn't into it at all um but since we've been staying here with my parents-in-law my mother-in-law is a very good pianist and and she will kind of occasionally sit down at the piano and sort of just play for her own pleasure and i think him seeing that and and realizing that oh actually i'm doing the reason for for learning the piano is not just to take up an hour of my time once a week it's actually for fun and and when i see other people doing that it's like oh okay i i, I get why i should maybe give it a go now and he's really yeah, yeah. got back into it in, in quite a big way and is actually sort of quite diligent about it so that's so I think, cool it's very true eh? because like the you know the, the the music stuff's been always been a big thing for me and now the kids yeah, yeah. particularly the eldest she got a little um studio set up in the house and she um she likes to come up and I'll just put the put it on record and shut the door and she loves to just sing into the mic and oh really you know, do all that oh yeah 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 this is a then this has only happened in the last couple of months you're just off the bat I think we're actually since the um since the lockdown started uh, yeah. I guess because you're just there and yeah so both her yeah. and the boy have had a little go he's gone in and he dropped some pretty dope gangster rap which was alarming um, <laughs> Um, but I, I feel like again, I looked at that and went, "Boom!" There's retirement sorted. So, yeah. Do they do they know do they know that you're a? I mean, presumably they they kind of know you're a musician because they see all your gear around and all the rest of it. But do they kind of know that Daddy's in a band and um, you know has has been doing this for years and years and years? Do they have that kind of concept? Do you think, or is it just in the here and now? Oh, they know that. So they know that I play in a band because you know once a week, I dutifully trot off and they go, "Okay." You force, you force them to, to come I force to them to listen to my new songs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And actually, they, they would rather go to bed. So it's a very effective tactic. <laughs> they just go to bed. No, no, can we just go to bed? But it's only five o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, I know. I'm really tired. <laughs> but, but, but the chorus of this is really good. No, Daddy, I'm really tired. <laughs> um, I don't want to invite me. So they know that that's your kind of thing. Like, as. I guess what I'm getting at is as well as sport, you know, you can kind of encourage them into into other sort of areas or sort of 
you know, show them that there's kind of a world outside just, you know, running around, you know, outside. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, so they know that's my thing. And um, they've seen the they've seen the band play once when we did a, a, a big uh, council gig, you know, that anyone could come to. Mm. Um, so that, and that was actually, that was really cool. And it's funny because I think, I think the eldest, um, she's got a little bit of a knack for um, coming up with a melody and things like that. Um, so it's going to be yeah. interesting. But again, yeah, I don't want to push it. I reckon just like you said, you're just going to expose them to a bunch of different pursuits and see which ones they gravitate to. Yeah. Um, because it's funny, I'm looking at this book at the moment, like I'm podcasting from the library in the West Wing of the estate tonight. <laughs> and uh, and there's a book called Range by David Epstein, and that's just sitting up on the shelf. And that has lots of good examples of people who've either pursued one thing really narrowly, um, you know, like some chess grandmasters or even a Tiger Woods type figure. And yeah. then you've got someone like Roger Federer who played all manners. I don't think he started taking tennis seriously until oh, his early right. teens. He was a very good soccer player as well, I think. I think he was, yeah, like a really good hockey player and or something yeah. like that anyway. But he credits yeah. playing all those other sports with making him such a good tennis player, right? So yeah. you never you never quite know. Um, yeah. I don't think I have it in me to be the pushy stage parent or the pushy, oh, you no. know. I just, I, I look at that, I just don't, I really don't like it when I've seen it, you know. Mm. Mm. I just, just doesn't sit well. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. So, Kev, the other um, big event this week was uh, Anzac Day on Saturday. Um, and, you know, again, for our Floridian listeners or the Estonian market <laughs> we seem, we're, we're aiming for, um, Anzac Day is, um, is basically a commemoration of, of the war dead. And, uh, yeah, and it's, it, it's a pretty somber day, as you can imagine, traditionally marked with the, the dawn service, um, you know, big sort of organised kind of dawn services at um, National War Memorials around the country, uh, which we weren't able to do this year because of, um, of the lockdown and, and so on. But um, I, I was always struck by um, how big a, a deal those kind of commemorative days are overseas um and even you know in australia which we're you know very close to in many ways um those those kind of events are i don't know they they always sort of feel like they're possibly more immediate because you know the australian defense force is often you know active deployments and and all the rest of it um to, to a scale um that that new zealand's army um is not but um it's an interesting point, eh? I think that compared to a lot of other countries, particularly larger countries, the military is, the armed forces here are not such a visible presence in everyday life, you know? I mean, the ANZAC thing for our overseas listeners stands for Australian New Zealand Army Corps, and they were the, the joint forces from down under that, that went and fought in the wars, so it's all commemorated on the same day. I mean, I think what people were doing was standing on their balconies and, and things like that at, at dawn, which I confess I didn't do. But I did have a conversation with my dad uh, and my mum, actually, about the, our relatives who'd fought in the various wars. Um, I knew a little bit, but actually learned quite a lot more, you know, like um, to my granduncle, he was killed in World War Two. 
my great grandfather fought in World War One. Oh, yeah. My my grandfather, uh, my dad's father, he shit man, and this would have been scary. He was the first off a landing craft in the Pacific onto a beach that they thought was overrun with the enemy. So you know, if you've seen oh, yeah, yeah. Um, like Saving yeah. Private Ryan, you know those opening sequences yeah. they come off the landing boats. So he was one of the first off, and they thought. And then it turned out that oh, the, the enemy had already moved on. But Jesus, I can only imagine what that would be like. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then my other grandfather um, was a scientist, a nuclear scientist who wasn't allowed to go and fight because he was working on uh, top secret projects, apparently. So, oh, uh, well, I knew he was a very well-known scientist, so where, but yeah, he was. Uh, where was he based? Was he presumably not in New Zealand? Well, he was based... Um, he travelled a lot, so I know he did work at MIT, um, oh, right. and he did work, I think, with the UN, and he did work out of London and stuff around that, around the, in the forties and fifties. So, well, you know, he was involved with the atom. So I don't know too much, but uh, I, you know, you can sort of hazard a guess as to the kinds of area he was. I mean, his big thing was carbon dating. That was his whole area of expertise. Right. But um, right. but it did get me thinking, eh? I mean, because like you say, the the armed forces aren't so visible here so mm. I, I you know i don't know any veterans i don't know anyone who's been off to afghanistan or something like that and so the yeah. idea of say as a as a father saying goodbye to your kids or you know having seen your dad go off to war or something was just it is it's quite foreign for us eh? god yeah yeah like you i i don't know um anybody who um has served in the military and and uh, you know, my my relatives, you know, quite a quite a few um servicemen uh on both sides of my family, but I, I'd never met them and I never sort of you know so I never got the chance to speak to them about what it was like. But um but like you, I I kind of recently got into into our family history a little bit just because I sort of didn't know much about my family, not not so much about their military thing, but you kind of hear about these people, and I had no idea who they all were, um, and it, it was bloody complicated actually because on both sides of my family, the men in particular seem to sort of share about three names in total, like John, George, and James, and that's about it. And they kind of circulate. You do have a very uncommon surname as well, which you know Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it makes it very very hard to kind of track things. <laughs> tracking down um uh but yeah so so it was kind of interesting going back and and finding out yeah you know i had great uncles who well a couple of great uncles who were killed on the so or great great grand uncles i guess killed in the somme um, the somme wow yeah 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 so yeah. really really kind of brutal um conditions um not you know i guess all war conditions are pretty brutal but the somme that first experience of you know total war um and actually, I interesting, think that, that's an interesting thing, eh? and I think that's the, one of the key difference. Just listening to you speak, is that I think for us, war is an historical thing in New Zealand. That's right. Yeah, right, yeah. Exactly. Whereas in other countries, it's a very real and present thing. Yeah, that's but, right. You're commemorating people who are currently overseas as much as, or remembering people who are currently overseas as much as people who have gone before. I think that's a really good mm -hmm. way of putting it. That's kind of what I'm what I'm getting at. Do you talk to the kids about about war, about what all that kind of thing is? If they see it, do they see it on the TV? Do they know what it is? 
Yeah, I think I think they know sort of in theory what war is, but they tend to think of it in as you know completely understandably in quite black and white terms. You know, who are the goodies and the baddies? Um, mm. you know, what's what team? You know, they they it's interesting actually. They talk about what team was New Zealand on, as though it is kind of oh, yeah. a game or a big um, a big sport. So I don't, and I think they they understand you know that people die, but obviously that's quite a it's quite a a foreign concept or a remote concept without a lot of immediate meaning to it when you're that age or you don't know anybody who has been killed in a war and you don't see what it does to the people who are left behind. So I think, mm. you know, the schools are paying, you know, do pay a lot of attention to um, to Anzac Day and, and to, to those wars in particular. It's just, I, I guess it's it's quite hard for, for kids unless they have family members who they can talk to about those experiences, you know, the sort of the immediate experiences. Uh, it's quite hard for them to really understand exactly what's yeah. what's involved. It can um, be hard enough for us to understand sometimes. You know? Exactly, yeah, yeah. So it's sort of, it's... I, I think, you know, they, they, they do kind of tend to think about, or my kids at least tend to think about it in the same way they might think about Star Wars. You know, it's like you've got the good the goodies and the baddies and, you know, some people will die, but eventually, you know, the goodies will win. Yeah. Um, but that's about as sort of as sophisticated as it as it gets, and um, and I'm sure that will change as they get older. But it's it's probably it's about much... as sophisticated as it, as it needs to be too. To be fair, isn't it? You know, I mean, the kids watch all these shows like PJ Masks and Transformers, and it's all goodies versus baddies and stuff. Poor Patrol, or well, actually, Poor Patrol is not so much like that, but you know, whatever it might be. Paw Patrol is very wholesome. Yeah. Um, Paw Patrol is actually quite a deep sort of reflection on community dynamics and um, and mortality and mortality, which is yeah actually raised quite a lot of gnarly questions for me. But um, <laughs> I have to stop watching Paw Patrol. Yeah, I think. Damn that writer. Damn, I know, and and Chase. But you know, it's the same when you were a kid. Eh? It was always goodies and baddies, and and that whole kind of thing. That's about as much as it ever means. So, um, yeah, I guess when they're a bit older, when the time's right, we'll try and educate, and they'll learn about it at school and things like mm. that too. But it's also quite hard to sort of think about going beyond that goodies and baddies situation now, where, like, our. I mean, I think still sort of modern concepts of war, or or you know, before the last, you know. 10 years or so, modern concepts of war were kind of defined by conflicts like World War II, where there really were, you know, there really was a, a, a sort of a largely good side and a largely bad side. And it doesn't really kind of account for yeah. Afghanistan and Iraq and, um, you know, all the other conflicts around the place where things are just so much more complicated. And, and um, so those kind of, it, it's and, and that kind of complexity is is very difficult to explain to adults, let alone to, to children. And I don't I don't p- pretend for for a moment to be able to to comprehend the um, the ins and outs of it myself because yeah, it it just doesn't really conform to kind of that established model of what mm. war is. Um, that's that's pretty out of date now. I think. Mm. Um, yeah, no military strategy has has not gone down well with the kids thus far. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we actually started playing um, started playing Risk with um, with Alex, our eldest, and um, I was crushing him. I was absolutely I destroy, destroying him. Yeah, we Did didn't you? finish the game because he went off in tears <laughs> as I, I triumphed. Yeah, nothing like making a little kid cry. That's my golden motto in life. Your... <laughs> because because if they're not crying, you probably are. <laughs> there we go. There's a t-shirt. T-shirt number two. They can go. You can buy that in the calendar at twotireddads.com. Yep. Um, if you're not crying. if No, what was it? If they're not crying, you probably yep. are. 
I think that's that's, <laughs> that's, the, that's the rule to live by. Um, certainly when you're playing risk, yeah. just show no mercy. They've got to learn the hard way. Yeah, you, you, they do. You, you can't. None of the certificates for participation. They've got to learn. You build up your forces in Australia and expand. Okay. Life is nasty, brutish, and nasty, short. brutish, and short. That's risk, um, and indeed many small children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who said that original quote? Maybe they were referring to children and it was tra- mistranslated. Who said life is nasty, British and short? Was it John Locke or no, Thomas Hobbes, I think. One Thomas of those, Hobbes. One of, maybe he was just talking about kids. He was talking about kids and I think we all thought he was trying to make a broader, broader point, but he'd actually just had a very, very tough day looking after the children during a plague season while he was also trying to write his treatise on, um, on political theory. I bet you what happened, right, was because he would have had a, a quill and ink yep. and he probably just smudged the letters a bit. And he wrote kids, a nasty British in short, a little bit of a smudge, might have been a lefty. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Just smudged it. Yeah, it dried, too late to change it. And misinterpreted through the ages. As life is nasty British. As life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because it makes far more sense when you say kids. Yeah. See, this is this is what two tired dad two tired dads is all about, Kev. You 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 come for the banter and you stay for the political theory. Yeah, and the philosophy is gonna go goes deep. It does go deep. We are quite deep people. Speaking of deep, mm. you were telling me that you've been having <laughs> Okay. And I'll be honest, I hadn't heard about this. You've been telling me you've been having quite vivid dreams. Was it you? You've been having quite vivid dreams lately? No, no, it was my sister, actually. Yeah. So one of the one of the You've been only... having vivid dreams about your sister. <laughs> oh God, no. Stop. What? Stop. This is you're sick. I know, this sick. is really God, that whiskey is hitting you hard, actually, Kevin. <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm not the one having dreams about my sister. I'm just saying. What what she was saying was that apparently it's a, um, a recognized phenomenon, these COVID dreams. Um, and uh, and apparently all, you know, in, in many countries, people are having particularly vivid dreams at the moment. And the theory is that we've got so much kind of new information and so much anxiety and um and worry to process that our minds are working overtime while we're asleep you know trying to trying to work through it all um mm. and i didn't, i hadn't heard of this phenom- uh, this phenomenon but i was chatting to my sister the other day who um said that she yeah she's been having these covid dreams and you know just really vivid and you and 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 quite coherent you know they sort of um they actually make a lot of sense and they and they sort of are quite close to real life you know she's saying these these hours and hours of you know these full technicolor you know convoluted it's like you know and she can remember it all can she and she can remember it all yeah um and i said i i I told her i I haven't actually had any of these dreams and uh, she gave she gave me a little tip kev yeah according to my sister to have one of these dreams two glasses of wine straight before bed in your pj's lights out and you'll dream like a motherfucker (laughs) So what was that? Two glasses of wine in your PJs, lights out, you dream like a motherfucker. Apparently. Apparently. Love it. Yeah, yeah. Mate, to be honest, that sounds like quite a good recipe for living. <laughs> At the end of just about every single day. Yeah. Two glasses of wine in your PJs, lights out, dream like a motherfucker. <laughs> well, on that note, I might go do exactly that. Yeah, yeah. Let's Let's... See what happens. Next episode can be recounting our COVID dreams. Beautiful. How's that for a teaser, for a cliffhanger? It's going to get Freudian. <laughs> Remember, if you like us, uh, five stars review or nothing um, on iTunes. Um, and we're going to pick one five-star reviewer and send them a free copy of the calendar. That'll pretty much kill all our five-star yeah. reviews, I imagine. But, you know. Oh, actually, you know, 
any any anyone who puts four stars or less gets a free copy of the calendar. Now we're talking. Maybe that's an. Now we're talking. Yeah, yeah. We know who you are because we follow you on all social media platforms. We're, on every, we're everywhere. We are everywhere. We're like Sauron. Mm. Catch you later, Kev. See you, Andy.